strategize together. Let's hear it from an expert. Join the conversation, it's informative and free. You and me, let's talk some strategy. Here's your host, Doreen Morin Van Dam. Hello, everybody. My name is Doreen Morin Van Dam, and we're live with another episode of Strategy Talks. We are going to talk and geek out on data today. So stay tuned. I will introduce you to my guests in just a minute. But before we do, I want to do a shout out to those of you who are here live and those of you who might be watching this on the replay on Twitter or YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn. Make sure you put hashtag replay in the comments. We'd love to know that you are here. Last but not least, we want to do a shout out to those of you who listen to Strategy Talks as a podcast. We welcome you here as well. And before I introduce you to my guest, a quick shout out to um, our sponsor, as always, Social Insider. They are the intuitive dashboard for social media analytics, reporting, and competitors analysis for brands and agencies. If you need data, you need Social Insider. So without much further time spent on anything else, I want to introduce you to my guest, Rachel Chapman, who's joining us from the UK. Rachel, where are you exactly located? I'm in a place called Milton Keynes, which is about 50 miles north of London. Okay, awesome. So you and I met online uh, and we're both, we have the same label, Agile Marketer. So, but we're not going to talk about Agile per se. Uh, we're going to talk about marketing data. Um, so Rachel, let me just tell everybody why you are uh, so good at what you do. Uh, Rachel Chapman is a marketing consultant specializing in making marketing departments more effective, efficient, and adaptable. She does this through helping companies to be more agile, optimizing organizational design, and developing measurement frameworks. So if you want a marketer who is now a consultant rather than a consultant who knows a bit about marketing, that's Rachel. So we were talking in the green room, and you're really a strategist. So I love that. We're on strategy talks. So let's start with that, geeking out on marketing data. As a strategist, what excites you about data? I'm just going to throw a question at you that I didn't give you ahead of time. <laughs> wow, what excites me about data. I mean, I love really understanding the value that marketing can bring. You know, that's what really gets me going. It's really thinking about what value is marketing added to the business. And without data, you can't measure that, right? You know, you need you need the data to help you understand. So if I'm in front of the CEO or if, if I'm a bit more junior in front of the CMO, I want to use data to prove how amazing the marketing is that I've just delivered in terms of the value add to the customer and the business. That, that's what really uh, gets me going about data. That's awesome because, you know, if you're watching this, guys, um, we know often that you know, you're like, you're told you need to do marketing. You know that your business is not going to really grow without marketing. But once you start marketing, we don't always know how to measure, what to measure, where to measure, right? So the next question to you then is, what do you consider to be some of the most important marketing metrics to measure and why? 
why would they be the most important? And, and, you know, we can either go basic or you can dive in and go deep. Either one. I'm good with either one. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to hopefully not be too much of a politician and, and say in order to answer that question, I feel we need to maybe have answered another one first, which okay. is what are the outcomes we are looking for from our marketing? So this isn't, you know, delivering a campaign or building a website. This is what's the outcome focused strategic objective that we're trying to hit as a business? And this is shared with marketing and the business, ideally. So, for example, taking a, something, a really, really simple example. Let's say one of the business goals is to increase the uh, sales of a certain product online from X to Y, so by 20% by the end of the year, let's say. So that's a really, really simple strategic objective. So clearly marketing have a, have a role to play in that. No, it's not the only role. But marketing are going to help increase the number of sales of a certain product online. So what what might the lead indicators be then to determine from a marketing perspective if we're going to hit that number? Because it's no good, you know, starting now and then not knowing till the end of the year if we're on track. So maybe the marketing metric might be, well, we probably need to increase visits to the product page on the website. And we, if we're going to increase sales by 20 percent, we might need to increase product page visits by 100 percent because not everybody's going to buy. So that might be an important metric. We might need to increase conversion rates from a landing page that market the marketing drives people to from the landing page to the product page. We might need to increase click through rates on emails to uh, in order to get more people from the email to the landing page to the product page to then buy something. So in those examples, in that particular example, the important measures are click through rates, conversion rates, uh, product page visits, and of course, product sales, because ultimately that's the strategic objective. So I think for me, the most important thing about marketing metrics is first having a clear strategic objective and then understanding the drivers um, that are going to help companies, help marketing teams to deliver on that objective. And then that's what you measure. All right. That's great. I have a follow-up question and I think this is really going to help people focus. So I work with mainly small teams. So they might be in-house marketing, you know, sometimes they're, you know, an outside source team, um, freelance team. So we sometimes have a salesperson. We don't always have a salesperson. We've got a CEO who's in the marketing meeting. Um, maybe the CEO is the only one that I'm working with. Who owns that piece, right? Because we're talking marketing, we're not talking sales, but I hear you say the conversion rate, the click-through rate, the product sales, who works together? What are some of the, or who, who ideally would you need? You know, you're a consultant. So who's actually putting that, I guess the question is, who's putting that into practice? Who, who would you need to put all those pieces of the puzzle, which I love the way you laid it out. I always start with marketing goals as well and objectives. So who do you really need? If you're a CEO and you're listening to Rachel Chapman going, oh my God, she's, that makes so much sense. And I want my product, you know, I want more sales. Who would they look to, to help implement something like this? Yeah, great question. So so thinking of a fairly small business, then it's probably almost in some ways easier in a larger business. So in a small business, I would say 
the CEO and his or her management team are absolutely responsible for setting those strategic objectives. So um, let's say you have a CEO and maybe somebody who does marketing and sales and maybe somebody, maybe finance, for example, and maybe somebody else, I don't know, operations or something. I would say they are responsible jointly for setting those objectives. Maybe the finance guy starts because he or she says, you know, this is what we need to achieve as a business in order to hit our targets. Sure. And then sales and marketing and ops go, okay, well, okay, if we need to hit this revenue number, then we need to we need to work together in order to get this many new customers or retain retain this many customers. So I'd say they are absolutely responsible for the first bit, setting the strategic objectives. Then however big or small a company's marketing team is, ultimately it's really, really important these days that either you have really have somebody in, in the marketing team who, who understands data and can analyze data. You know, it, it's there's so much data around now and it's so critical to really understand the impact of marketing activities with shrinking budgets and, and so on that somebody in the marketing team really needs to understand it. The only other option really is if you use agencies and you know you can always get your agencies to do this kind of analysis for you as well but that's often a bit like teachers marking their own homework <laughs> so it's really better to, to have somebody in i love that that's a really great analogy because you know we can absolutely 100 if you're working with an agency and you're looking for data you know that unless you're in charge of it and see all of it they can skew a report yeah Anyway, so you want to say so to try and answer your question, I'd say it's, it's somewhere between probably sort of marketing and finance. And ideally, you'll have someone in the marketing team who really understands data, who can do the analysis, who gets Google Analytics, who understands customer research. If you've got like tracking studies and that kind of thing, um, you know, who's 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 a who's a, a data geek, basically. Right. <laughs> you need yeah, I love that you brought that word right back in here. We're geeking out on data. So. With so much data available, Rachel, how do you determine what data points are most relevant to measure and track? You talked about um, uh, click-through rates, conversion rates, but what if you don't have a product to sell? What if it's a service? How do yeah. we, is there anything else at that point we can track? Sure. So, so there's a great framework that actually I think Google invented. It's really, really simple. Um, and I love it because it's simple. It's called See, Think, Do, Care, which is another way of effectively saying um, you, as, as any kind of business, probably you need to do these four things. You need customers to see your marketing, which is you need to build awareness. You mm -hmm. then need customers to think about you so you're influencing consideration whether they're going to consider your brand you then need customers to do something to drive action and whether that's buying a product or buying your service or mm -hmm. paying you for a service that's still them doing something and then you want your customers to care about you so that's about growing loyalty um, amongst your customer base customer attention and it doesn't matter if it's a product or a service those four things are the same for any company see think do care they're kind of the classic sales funnel right with a with the right the yeah yeah and each one of those has its own metrics and i'd really recommend for any marketing team thinking about any piece of marketing you're doing which of those buckets does it fall into? Are you trying to raise awareness? Are you trying to influence consideration? Are you trying to get somebody to do something? Or are you trying to retain your customers? 
And so then the kind of metrics you'd have under building awareness might be ad recall, reach of your marketing, um, possibly view, video views, view through mm-hmm. rates, that kind of thing. Consideration, then you're starting to get into the click through rates, um, uh, product page traffic, perhaps. Um, if you've got any kind of brand tracking, then how favorable do people how, do people view your brand? Then the do stuff is really straightforward, you know, right. that, that, that downloads, buying stuff, buying sure. user, revenue, new customers. And then care might be customer satisfaction, cross sales, net promoter score, customer lifetime value, purchase frequency, those kinds of things. And I think if you put it in those four buckets, it just it helps to lay it all out because there's so much data out there. It helps you to really think about which what, which what am I trying to do with this piece of marketing and what are the options for all the metrics I might want to use in order to work out, you know, which is the right one to pick. Right. So I love this. And this is something that you should also, if you're watching this and listening to this, you can also use these four steps to when you're creating your content, right? It's not just about grabbing the data, but, you know, have all these points. As Rachel said, it's a funnel. So think about where you are in the funnel, what you're trying the audience to do, what you're trying to get them to do. Um, So that's really, really helpful, Rachel. So now um, approaching and analyzing that marketing data that we get, right? How do they inform strategic decisions? Because I heard you say earlier, and we're agile marketers, that means we adjust, right? We have to respond to change. So say you set this goal, it's uh, January 1st, and you have this goal for the year, or uh, many goals and objectives. And as you go along, you're not getting the 20% product increase, you're not getting the 100% conversion or the you know conversion rate, all those things aren't happening. How does that, how do you, where do you start? Like, obviously you see this red light goes off. What do you do? Do you alert the team? Do you change tactics? What, how would you adjust for change as you need? Yeah, yeah no, great, great question. And there's, um, there's all sorts of stuff in there that is relevant to agile marketing. And I won't, I won't stray too far from the topic by <laughs> getting too far into agile. But some of the agile principles really lend themselves to what ideally you do here. I think the first ideal thing and I know if you're in a small company this may or may not be possible but really the best people to bring the data and answer that question are the people who are actually doing the marketing themselves so rather than me as a marketing leader kind of trying to interpret the data somewhere um, I really want the people who are doing the marketing to bring the metrics to me and say look this is what the data is showing us this is the test we did this this is working and this isn't working and here's what we think we should do because they're closest to the customer they're closest to the marketing material they're closest to the data um hopefully they know what what they're doing and uh, i want to bring in a great phrase here that i first heard from from the wonderful jim ewell who's a, a, a grandfather of agile marketing i always try to make sure i don't bring any hippos into the room and the hippo is the highest paid person's opinion so um, no hippos we don't have any hippos and it's quite difficult especially for leaders like me who've been in marketing a long long time you know historically our job was to tell people what to do right you know that was what leaders did hey we're we're the we're the boss and we tell you what to do absolutely not no no i'm i'm not telling people what to do i'm telling them what outcome i want and i'm asking them the right questions hopefully and giving them the support they need they know better than me what to do 
So, so to sort of try and answer your question, I suppose what I'd really try and make sure in terms of analyzing and interpreting marketing data to inform sure. is the people who are closest to the data and the work have a look at it. I give them the support I, they need to make sure that they feel they can come and say, hey, this isn't working. <laughs> you know, this thing we tried, it's not working. Great. What are we going to learn from it? Let's try something different rather than bashing people over the head and say, well, that was a waste of time, wasn't it? You know, it's about having an open mind to test and learn, learn fast, fail quick, learn fast, you know, be be ready to pivot. Don't keep throwing money away when you've learned that when the data is telling you that something's not working, test and adapt. Yeah. And that's so agile. I love that. And that's, if you're watching this or listening to this, that's the agile mindset, being able to make quick changes. And, um, you know, you talked about the hippo in the room, <laughs> but it's also, we also talk about that in, in sense of, um, you know, having somebody in the room who, um, you know, isn't necessarily doing like giving you permission to fail, right? We, at, in agile, we want to test a lot of different things. So I heard you say like, you know, we got to test, uh, what did you say? Uh, try a lot of things and fail fast. What was it? What did you say? Yeah, learn, fail fast, learn quick. Yeah. Fail fast, learn quick. And then you talked about, you know, what can we learn from this? And that's what's called a retrospective, which I love, which is another agile, um, uh, kind of, I guess, a practice that we use um, in agile marketing. So you don't just say this worked and this didn't, but what did we learn and how are we going to do it different next time? So I love that. And I love that that comes up uh, when we talk about marketing data. That makes a lot of sense, right? So Rachel, what advice would you give to marketers and business owners that might be watching or listening who are just starting to incorporate data into, into their decision-making process? Because we know, I know, I work with them all the time. There are CEOs out there, business owners, coaches, entrepreneurs, small teams who are doing all the things. They're putting out products. They're trying to market. They're doing all of the things, but they don't know how to measure or they haven't started this process. They haven't started geeking out on this marketing data. How can they get started? What are some of the things they need to do or what do they need to put in place or who do they need to talk to? Because we know, you know, I know that once they start doing this, things will start turning around for them if they're not going right or they can improve and do even better if they're already doing great. Yeah. Yeah. No. And uh, and if anybody out there is in that posi position, well, I guess the first thing I'd say is actually, if I have, think I hopefully got three, three tips for you. The first one I think is think big, but start small. So don't don't wait until you think you've got all the right data in place. You know, yes, you think big, think, yes, great. I want this amazing data and reporting structure, but just start small. So have a vision of where you want to get to, but start with what you've got. You know, if you've if you've got data that helps you understand, you know, website visits, or you can do a bit of stuff, or, or you can take a quick, you watch a YouTube video on Google Analytics, you know, just start with what you've got and build from there. Don't try and wait till everything's perfect, which is another agile principle about, um, you know, just start, try it, build from there. So that's the first thing. I mean, you know, I, I know everybody should know this, but whatever you want to learn, you can find it on YouTube or Google or something. Just just search YouTube on marketing metrics, you know, or how to how to work Google Analytics, and it's there. It, it, and it's these things now are quite user friendly. They're not difficult. 
So that's the first one. The second one is just make sure you have some clear short term outcomes that ladder up to long term goals. Most companies are really good at annual objectives. The vast majority of companies are pretty clear. This is what we need to hit this year. We need to achieve this by the end of the year. We need to grow the business by this much or whatever. But the key differentiator for businesses that are successful at this kind of stuff is they also have short term metrics and outcomes so in there's a framework called objectives and key results so your objectives are your long-term goals your key results are your short-term indicators that you're on track so if you're trying so in the example i started with if you try if you know that you want to grow product sales by 20 percent this year then set set something small that will tell you if that's on track for the next say three months okay so we need to increase visits to the product page by 100 percent in the next three months just think about what those lead indicators are and, and track them religiously, uh, which leads me to my third tip, really, which is just doesn't have to be complicated, but build a simple reporting structure that starts to get into the DNA of the business. So every week or every month, it's somebody's responsibility to update this report, which tells you where are you at against your key results that you've set. And decide, well, which meeting is that coming to? You know, do we have a weekly um, reporting meeting or a monthly strategy committee or whatever you've got? Just just build in a little bit of governance. Doesn't have to be complicated, like so-and-so is responsible for producing this report every week or every month with our key results in. It's going to come to this meeting and we're going to make these decisions on it, these kinds of decisions. Doesn't have to be complicated. But just just start there would be my my top three tips. That is fantastic. That those are really really helpful tips. So that there, I'm going to throw a question in there, which um, you know that that comes to mind uh, when you're talking about you know every week and you're putting the data in there or once a month. There are companies out there, agencies, marketers like you and me that like to produce content three months out, four months out, five months out. When you see a report and you see things aren't working week to week to week and you need to pivot, how, how does that work together with being that far in advance? What do you suggest? I mean, do you say, well, produce the images or produce the copy, but not all of it or adjust or how, how does that work? Because that's what I struggle with. And I, you know, I understand the principle of agile. I understand the mindset but I'm also with working with people who like to see content two or three months out, you know, I'm working into July and August on some content, but I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know if the May and June content is going to work and if I might have to change. So how could somebody, cause I think this is a real problem that we struggle with as marketers. How do we do that? How do we set that up? How do we set ourselves up to do well, knowing that when we see the data, we might have to adjust. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a great question. And there's a kind of ideal world answer, <laughs> which uh, which we know we don't live in an ideal world. No, yes. The ideal world answer is um, is to it's a actually it's a nice phrase. It, most people have heard of minimum viable product, which is about getting a product out there. That's that's the minimum thing that customers would want. But I like to think about minimum viable planning. So yes, we have to plan. Of course we do. Things take time. You know, it's thing, it's important we know what's happening. 
but how can we make it the minimum viable plan? And those two words are important. So can I, instead of actually writing the content for July, can I produce a plan which has an outline, which doesn't take me too long to do? and then only write the detail much nearer the time when, when I know that actually this is the right thing to do. So it's not that I'm not, I have no idea what I'm doing in July. I know that I'm, that I'm planning to produce these four pieces of content and they'll probably have this topic area and I'll probably use this image, but try and do, do the minimum viable planning so that if you get to May and you suddenly find out something's changed, you haven't wasted all that time doing lots and lots of detail and really finishing it. I know that can be tricky. Um, no, I, I like the answer and I love that minimal viable planning. Uh, I love that because, you know, in our industry, let's just put it out there. In the last three months, everything I'm reading is about AI, right? I mean, marketers galore, chat, GPT, we're, everybody's talking about it. And if your theme for April was renewal, you know, but everybody's talking about AI, you might want to adjust what you say or how you say it. You might still have produced the same piece of content, but you might need to add a piece of content or, you know, set up um, an interview with somebody to talk about AI or whatever. So that's kind of where I was going. I love that minimal viable planning. So you have an idea about what you want to do, but if the data tells you to pivot or the data tells you, hey, you're putting all this effort into both videos and blogs, but the videos are killing it and the blogs are really not producing as much, right? Then you do more of what works and less of what doesn't, correct? Yeah, ab absolutely. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, start with small steps. You know, if, if, it's, if that's too scary, well, maybe just try it with a couple of things. Don't try it with everything, you know, um, and see how you go and see if it works. And then, you know, then hopefully you'll, if it works, the people doing it should become much more efficient because they're not spending time producing things that don't ever see the light of day. So and therefore, it. It more time to do better stuff, but closer to the time of publishing. If you're a marketer and you're watching this or listening to this, you know we've wasted time on producing something that a stakeholder or an agency owner or an owner of a company, a CEO, asked you to create. And then when you showed it, they're like, that's not what I want it, right? That's happened before. And so this minimal viable planning will kind of prevent that where you have that idea, but that when you get close to it, um, you can actually produce the exact content that they want. So I'm going to close out with one question. Do you have any tips for effectively communicating data insight to non-technical stakeholders? Because that's, that's a big issue. Like they just want to know, is it working or not? What do they need and how can we present something? How can we give them a report? Should we, I'm, I'm a big, and I'm going to throw this out. I'm a big proponent of not setting them a report. I'm a big proponent, proponent of getting them into a meeting and then sharing the report and going through it with them. What has your experience been? Yeah, I, I think I would ag agree with that. And I think to take that thought to the next level, and some of this stuff is like really obvious and practical. So I'm sorry if it's a bit obvious, but, um, you know, talk in their talk in their language, you know, don't use marketing jargon. So the CEO doesn't care about reach and impressions. It's like, well, what's that? But what they might care about is how many of our target markets have seen our advertising. Well, it's the same thing, but it's just not marketing jargon. So talk in their language and really think about what they care about. You know, the head of the, the 
sales or the finance guy again doesn't care about um you know how wonderful our creative looks they care about how many products is our marketing sold so try and couch it in that language and then just a couple of really practical things um, I learned from one of my amazing bosses who was called uh, uh, Alberto, who used to work for McKinsey when I, when I was at Santander. He'd worked at McKinsey before. He just talks about making the report easy. So, you know, some people don't like this, but I think it works. If you're using PowerPoint, use the slide title to explain the key point of the slide. So, for example, the slide title might be click through rates on our emails have increased by 20% this month. That's your slide title. So that makes it easy for them to know what the point is you're trying to make. And then oh. they can look at the charts to see if it backs up what you're saying. So, and that was something I've done in quite a few companies and I think it helps. And then finally, there's an incredible book that I love called Say It With Charts that this guy Alberto introduced me to. He's by, it's by a, a guy called Gene Zelazny, but if you search for Say It With Charts, and he just taught me so much. Like, you know, if, if, you're, if you're showing a trend chart, you use a, um, a vertical bar chart because that people think that's over time. If you're comparing things, you want to use a horizontal bar chart because then you can easily see the lines going across and you compare them. It, you know, only use a pie chart if you're showing the percentage of something relative to the whole. It's a great book. It's dead simple, but it transformed the way I developed charts to show data just by using the right one, making the axes clear, making the title clear. It might seem like boring, but it's, hey, it's geeky. <laughs> but I, love, I it. love it. I love it. What a great end to this. I'm going to go order that book. I, I need that. That is awesome. That is, you know, if you're a marketer and you struggle with this marketing data and how to present it to your um, clients, this is going to be a great help because I know that some of you who are watching are marketers and sometimes we need to have the data to sell our products, right? That's another, I mean, of course we want to get the data to our stakeholders, right? And saying, this is what we're marketing, but sometimes we need data to convince somebody to sell a service or a product to, right? So understanding data and how to present it is really great. Rachel, you have been fantastic. How can people connect with you and where should they connect with you if they want to? Yeah, so um, so come and find me on LinkedIn is the best place. So if you just search for, for Rachel Chapman, you'll find me. I think my LinkedIn handle is Rach Chapman on LinkedIn. Uh, and I'd love to talk to you. I do have a, a website as well, um, which my, my company is called RBC Future Focus. Um, it's my initials, RBC futurefocus.co.uk because I'm in the UK. So uh, come onto my website. There's a contact us page and uh, you can get to me through there as well. That's awesome. And if um, you're listening to this as a podcast, the link will be in the show notes. So don't worry about that. We'll get that in there. And uh, Rachel, you have been fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I want to thank everybody who was here live um, saying that this is great. These were great nuggets. Um, Rachel, thank you. I think you really helped us geek out on marketing data. I really appreciate you. I will be back next week with another episode of Strategy Talks. Bye, everybody. Mm -hmm.